Bitcoin, Ethereum, and Blockchain Super Conference is coming to Dallas, Texas, February 16, 17, and 18 in 2018. If you know of a better way to get the latest insider knowledge about crypto, to hear directly from the top minds in this field, to interact personally with 800 fellow crypto lovers, hodlers, investors, miners, traders, developers, and founders, then I'd like to hear about it. If you don't, then you don't want to miss out. Register today for the Bitcoin, Ethereum, and Blockchain Super Conference. Go to BitcoinSuperConference.com and register today as a super early bird to get the lowest rates on tickets and hotel rooms. That's BitcoinSuperConference.com. Welcome to Almost Here, Around the Corner of Future Technology Podcasts with Richard Jacobs. Future technologies poised to transform our lives for better or worse are the focus of this podcast. Almost here means these technologies are now here and starting to be used, or just around the corner, from Bitcoin to artificial intelligence, 3D printing, blockchain, virtual reality, and more. Hi, this is Richard Jacobs with Future Tech Podcast. Uh, my guest today is Yanni Feldman, co-founder and chief editor at geektime.com, G-E-E-K-time.com. Yanni, how are you doing? I'm great. Yeah, thanks for coming. I appreciate it. Um, I'd like to always start out with, uh, you know, ask, so tell me about Geek Time. What does it do? So Geek Time is a global tech blog that uh, puts the world in the center. What we believe is that all the large tech media mostly talk about what's happening in the U.S., mainly Silicon Valley and New York on the startup and tech perspective. So we decided to go on a journey and try to find out what's happening in the rest of the world which means you know, the rest of the U.S. and the rest of everything outside of the U.S. So we've built a network of a little over 1,500 people around the world that help us find interesting stories and interesting startups and tell their story and actually being a focal point of, of what's going on with startups and innovation outside of the U.S. I don't know. The U.S. I know always seems to be the center of the universe, but maybe not. Why outside the U.S. only? And and what areas in the world are you focused on with startups? So, so currently we're covering uh, a little over 110 different countries, and we do uh, we do cover the U.S. a little bit. You know, all the um, the smaller hubs, starting from you know Atlanta uh, and Chicago and Austin and 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 L.A. Those that are not considered you know the mainstream tech hubs in the U.S. And with regards to the rest of the world, you know, we started focusing on, on places that are uh, more known, like, you know, Germany, Berlin, to be more specific, China, Japan, Eastern Europe, uh, UK a little bit. And then we started branching out because we started realizing that there are very interesting ecosystems in less developed countries like India, like Vietnam, like Nigeria. In Latin America, we work with Brazil, Mexico, Argentina, and a lot of countries that have, you know, very promising but yet still young startup ecosystems that show uh, highly developed startups these last couple of years. So what are some of the insights? You know, you have a very different perspective than most writers and people that cover startups because you see them from so many different countries. So what are some of the commonalities? What are the differences, the surprises? What are you seeing? So a lot of a lot of the people that I, I talk to and, and pitch, you know, what, what we do, our our vision, 
what they say is if if it's interesting enough it will probably it will probably come to the us and 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 reach the mainstream media anyway and what we found out is that that's not the way things happen you know if you look at both quality and quantity you see that there's a lot going on outside the us if if we're looking at numbers about 90% of the startups around the world each year start outside of silicon valley in new york if we're talking the us it it 80% of the startups start outside the US, but that's just quantity. If we, if we want to look at quality, just look at, you know, the biggest unicorns in the world, companies that are valued over a billion dollars. Over 50% of these companies are outside of the US. And if we're looking at the 20 biggest tech IPOs, 14 of those are not US originated companies. So we found out, you know, that there's a lot of innovation coming from places that is very unexpected. You know, a lot of people know Spotify from Sweden or Skype came from Estonia, but there are tons of companies from uh, China and India and a few even from Latin America and less developed countries that were able to reach, you know, moderate and even bigger success, which is a lot more difficult. If you're not, you know, in, in well-funded and, and well-acquainted areas of the world. Yeah. What are some of the challenges in, in various countries? To, uh, is it regulation the biggest challenge or just the lack of money and investment capital? So, so, or, you know, what do you see? South so, so lack of money is, is first and foremost the biggest challenge in most of these places. You know, the U.S. and especially Silicon Valley still has about a little over 70% of venture capital money invested, uh, although China is, is giving a huge run for the money. But countries you know, like India, like Japan, like even the UK and France and Germany still hold you know, a huge setback in terms of amounts of money geared toward venture capital and startups. So that's you know, the, the first challenge. And second, you know, regulation and, and lo- local uh, work laws and, and local business laws are still, you know, uh, uh, way behind what's uh, in the Western world. You know, Europe has a lot of work laws that prohibit you from firing people without, you know, probable cause. And, and the same is, you know, when hiring people in places like Japan, you can't fire them, even if you want to. So, you know, there are a lot of places that are not, I would say, business friendly towards startups, but you still see a local entrepreneurs trying. If we're looking, you know, at, at the South, Southeast Asian culture that are very biased towards failure and, and they're not, you know, very understanding of the entrepreneurship culture, that's another bridge, you know, that they have to, that they have to cross. These are, these are the biggest things. And especially, and, and to add uh, on top of all that, there's a huge cultural difference. You know, uh, when you look at when you look at the U.S., you know, it's one very homogeneous culture that you know when you, you when you market something, when you build a product and you try to sell it a big audience. The U.S. is one of the biggest homogeneous cultures out there. Although you know China is a little bigger, India is a little bigger, but they're they're very different in terms of culture and the way you know products are used. If you try to sell something to a U.S.-based audience, saying that anywhere else in the world would require uh, sometimes you know 
even a 180 overall on your product because you know the needs are different, the language is different, the culture is different, and the way they would use the product is if and that's even if there is a need for your product in other places because because the culture is so different. So there are a lot of places that a startups can can find difficult, but there are a lot of potential markets that are big enough or even bigger than the U.S. that are still very underutilized places. China is, you know, the biggest example of that, but also India and, and countries like Vietnam and Malaysia and Indonesia and Russia and Latin America, all the Spanish and Portuguese speaking countries. These are huge markets with, with some commonalities that, you know, a lot of people overlook and, and they are very, very underserved in a lot of the things that, are, that already exist and are successful in the U.S. You see that there's a uh, lack of entrepreneurship in any particular culture, or certain cultures are more um, go-getters than others? Um, I think, you know, one of the things that we do start seeing, I would say in the last three to five years, is we're starting to see, you know, that, that fact that's called globalization starting to penetrate all over the world. You know, we start seeing people in even, you know, underdeveloped countries in Africa and Latin America um, and, and Southeast Asia that see, you know, success stories that came out of, uh, of different countries. And they say, you know, if they did it, why can't we? We're seeing, you know, huge companies in India, you know, their, their recent change uh, for example, the recent monetary change that the prime minister just did that, you know, everyone has to go through the banking system. A lot of people open bank accounts. A lot of people started working with mobile payments, you know, and, and that's a country where I would say somewhere between 70 to 80 percent of the country was not, you know, didn't have any kind of bank accounts ever. Mm -hmm. And they just started, you know, working with money the proper way in the last year or so. So you're seeing a big boom in, in India and you're seeing a lot of entrepreneurs because a lot of, you know, Indian people that spent time in the U.S. are now going back to India to start building the local ecosystem. So that's, you know, a, a great growing country we're seeing. Vietnam, for that matter, is something that has grown exponentially in the last six years. Their digital growth is, is amazing. They, they came from like 20% to 65% internet penetration uh, in less than five years. Uh, their mobile growth is exponential. The number of startups, they, they had about somewhere between three to 400, what we would consider startups in, in 2011. They have a little over 4,000 this year. And there are a lot of other countries. You know, Japan is doing huge leaps towards startup culture, Russia, you know, no one knows what's happening in Russia because, the, you know, that's a big uh, mystery for everyone. But we're seeing a lot of activity, both, you know, sponsored by the government and, and independent of companies going, you know, out of Russia and, and all of Eastern Europe, Estonia, Latvia, Bulgaria, Poland. You know, these are all countries that you're seeing a lot of uh, entrepreneurship spirit. You're seeing companies coming out of these countries and you're seeing money flowing, investor money flowing into these countries. Definitely very interesting. Which countries do you see as the biggest up and coming ones and which ones do you see that are um, is not that are not participating or you know losing their place in the world? So so 
I would say, you know, Germany is made itself, you know, Germany, especially, you know, the huge tech hub in Berlin has made a name for itself. That's already known. Uh, I see Ireland is doing pretty well because a lot of they've built a huge core of, of big enterprises. And a lot of the people that, you know, are working a few years in those, you know, big corporates are coming out and, and, and starting to, to branch out to startups. We're seeing Vietnam, as I mentioned before, China, you know, that's uh, a no brainer. You know, most of the, most of the startups in China are still very much focused in China because that's a big enough ecosystem. There's a huge market and there's a huge potential there, but you're also seeing, you know, that Alibaba is obviously the biggest one that everyone knows, but there are a lot of other companies, including mobile manufacturers, electronics manufacturers, and even, you know, internet companies coming out of China towards, you know, the US and Europe. And you're seeing a lot of movement in that space. You know, in India, you see companies like Flipkart and, and all the other online services there and Paytm, mobile payments, they're going huge internationally. In, in the less developed countries like, you know, in, in Africa and Latin America, uh, you're seeing mostly startups that are aiming towards a local or regional market. We still haven't seen many, you know, huge global successes there. But I foresee, you know, countries like Nigeria, like Brazil, like Mexico, bringing some very interesting companies to the world in the next few years. So what, what, is, uh, what tends to be your role? How do you monetize? Geek Time, use the so, knowledge that you're acquiring. Uh, so, so Geek Time, Time is a media company where we see the media as an infrastructure. You know, we understand that making money out of media is difficult. We do have a few, you know, ad or native advertising-based uh, models. But basically, you know, our, our revenue models or our business models seem from services we provide on top, on top of, of the media. GeekTime.com is basically the infrastructure for a local play that we're doing. We have GeekTime.co.il in Israel. We're we're the largest uh, tech media in Israel. We launched 10 months ago in Vietnam. We're, uh, I think, among the top three in Vietnam right now. And we're launching a local versions of GeekTime in India, Japan, Germany. uh, And we're aiming towards other, other markets as well. Most of our monetization is aimed towards local markets because monetizing a global uh, product is very difficult. So we just utilize the infrastructure that we've built globally in our, our international uh, network of connections to help you know, penetrate local markets and help them grow up like we did in Israel and monetize there through data. We're in all the countries that we're working, we hold the uh, biggest and most up-to-date database for startups, venture capital, funding deals, and so on and so on. That's one thing. And the other is through hiring and job boards. We do matching of companies and applicants, and we work on employer branding as well for companies that look to recruit top talent. Uh, And we do that through combination of our local media play for the reach to the local audience. Any surprises based on your insights as to, you know, what's going on in the funding ecosystem and the entrepreneurial space? What are you know, what are some um, things you've learned that other people will be surprised to know? So one of the things that we realize, you know, across our journey is something that we call tech flows. There are a lot of stuff that start, you know, one place in the world 
and and just you know uh, they flow to other places. You know, most people don't know that. You know, more, younger people don't know that. But most of the tech flow since the 80s started in Japan and came to the U.S. and then flew from you know from the U.S. to Europe and then you know to the rest of the developed world. Most of it not coming to places like you know Africa, Latin America, and less developed countries. But in the last, I would say, 15 years, we're seeing a change in, 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 in this flow. We're seeing, you know, starting from innovation coming from the U.S., but we're seeing also, you know, interesting things starting from Europe, Germany, to be more specific, interesting trends starting in India. These, all the online delivery trend is something that started from India, was replicated to Europe through Germany. And only then it came to places, you know, to the U.S. through Amazon and, and other big, you know, other big startups and services. Uh, we're seeing stuff, you know, trends that start uh, in developing countries that, you know, they pretty much hop the entire, you know, tech revolution of the Internet that started in the 90s and, and, and jump all the way from, you know, not having tech to having smartphones. So we're seeing a lot of right. things, you know, like banking through mobile, people that don't have any and never had any kind of uh, bank account now work the entire financial system through mobile phones, some, some of them not even smartphones. We're seeing a lot of technologies that come up to solve, you know, third world problems that, you know, the, the Western world had like 100 years ago. But we didn't have technology to solve, you know, like starting from communication to remote places that don't have electricity, starting from, you know, bringing water to, to places, you know, that didn't have any kinds of irrigation or, you know, any kind of, you know, permanent water supply, starting from medical procedures that weren't available to, to the developing world and so on and so on. So we're seeing a different kind of tech flow that is much more global than it was before. We're also, another interesting trend is that we're seeing is that we're seeing that money is starting to flow globally. You know, if we're looking at the way venture capital was spent uh, in the last, I would say, 40, 50 years, a lot of the, a lot of the money was spent locally. It almost, it almost didn't exist in other places outside of the U.S. and Israel since the 90s. But even then, you know, it was invested mostly locally. Investors uh, spent their money close to home. And we're seeing a lot of interest moving globally uh, in the last, I would say, somewhere four to five years. We're seeing Chinese money spread all over the world. We're seeing U.S. money spread all over the world. We're seeing investors from Europe, Russia, Australia spending money, you know, both, uh, which didn't exist before, spending money both locally and in other places. We're seeing Indian money coming out of India to places like Israel, to Europe. Uh, to China and even you know to developing countries. So okay. that's the the big globalization trend that we're seeing. Interesting. Okay. So how can uh, listeners find out more about Geek Time or get involved? Maybe apply to be a writer, you know, in a local country, or just start interacting with your brand. So you know the 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 best place to start is just readgeektime.com, and you can just email us to info at geektime.com. We're always in the lookout for new contributors in, in countries that are not, you know, well covered. And even if they are and you want to contribute, you know, you're always welcome. We are more than happy to help. You know, we, we work our contributors as a network. 
So, you know, if, if someone's on our network and he needs something in, you know, one of the, um, the other countries that we cover, we, we connect, you know, the relevant people. So we're always happy to help as well. We love to hear about new promising startups from anywhere, anywhere around the world, anytime. And if there's anything, you know, that you think can help spread the world, spread the word that there is a world outside of Silicon Valley, New York, we're always happy to hear. Okay. Well, very good. Well, I appreciate you coming on the podcast. And uh, I like that you guys have this almost global perspective that you're working on. It's very different from uh, any other media that I've seen. Yeah, that's, that's, what, that's what we think, you know, is different of, of, in what we're trying to do. The Bitcoin, Ethereum, and Blockchain Super Conference is coming to Dallas, Texas, February 16, 17, and 18 in 2018. If you know of a better way to get the latest insider knowledge about crypto, to hear directly from the top minds in this field, to interact personally with 800 fellow crypto lovers, hodlers, investors, miners, traders, developers, and founders, then I'd like to hear about it. If you don't, then you don't want to miss out. Register today for the Bitcoin, Ethereum, and Blockchain Super Conference. Go to BitcoinSuperConference.com and register today as a super early bird to get the lowest rates on tickets and hotel rooms. That's BitcoinSuperConference.com. You have been listening to Almost Here, Around the Corner Future Technology Podcast with Richard Jacobs. Subscribe to this podcast, post a review, to discover more future technologies that are poised to transform our lives for better or worse, such as Bitcoin, artificial intelligence, 3D printing, blockchain, virtual reality, and more.